Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome. Hello. Hello, how's it going? It's good. How are you? I'm good. I um I paddled for the first time with my second board. I've had some board sort of changes in the Aegean Sea and off of Athens. I'm kind of getting my butt kicked a little bit, but um <laughs> but it's it's okay. I'm now in new waters, guys. It's very exciting. Everybody Holy knows world. that where my paddle is is where I call home. Oh, yes. What I want to know, though, is um, have you been attended by any emergency services recently? (laughs) Oh, my gosh, it's so funny. (laughs) Back in New York, I would have like the NYPD choppers, ground and boats after me being like, are you okay?" And I'm like, yeah, I'm just exercising, (laughs) which is a bit unusual for the Americans. Sorry. Um, Here, no, but I may because, again, women doing all sorts of things. I don't know if it's going to shock people here. Not yet. Thank God. I do have a lot of Greek men who come up to me and say, can I pump up your board for you? Because that Ooh. seems hard. Does that mean something else? <laughs> I suppose. It's very cute because they're in their Speedos. No, no, no. I think it's very genuine. They're like, let me be chivalrous. I'm like, no, it's okay. I've got this. But yeah, let me pump your board up. I'm sure they want to oh. pump something else up, Anna. Oh, yeah. You've got it. You've got it. <laughs> she's hot to trot now that she's um, on oh the my. other side. Oh, I tell you. I tell you. Just blowing minds. <laughs> oh yeah so it's all good here how about in jersey what's going on good yeah yeah it's good i um i went to the cinema yesterday and um had a lovely coffee afterwards and a nice catch up with a friend always feels so nice doesn't it oh oh it was the perfect afternoon for um just a nice movie because the weather was a bit blustery and windy and chilly outside it will soon be time to dig out the winter woolies i think so it was lovely to just sit inside and yeah. Coffee and cinema. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Treat myself to a pick and mix. Oh. Like the five-year-old that I am. Oh my gosh, going to a candy store and like the big red cinnamon shoes. Oh, no, I tell pick you. And mix. Pick and mix. Oh, yeah. that sounds awesome. Oh, yeah, lovely. it was nice. It's a nice treat. We had a lovely weekend actually. I was, had some nice time with my man as well. Some much needed connection time. Oh. And uh, yeah, and lots more cooking on the uh, Thermomix. I'm going to become quite bored, boring, actually. I think my friends will soon disown me. No, I swear to God, you're going to be the house where you want to go eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, Test kitchen. That sounds awesome. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Yum, yum. Scrum, scrum. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, talking of cooking and uh, stirring stuff up, uh, what's going on at the relationship desk of love? Well, it's funny you should ask because there is actually, this is a food related um, love desk. Oh, snap. (laughs) So what have I got for you today? Today's love desk. This couple shocked their wedding guests by serving McDonald's at the reception. Oh, wait a minute. I'm like, wait, is that not brilliant? Okay, go on. (laughs) Wait a minute. So they said, we were certainly a little afraid of the reactions of aunts and uncles. 
But the um, the guests to this wedding in France this month were met with quite a surprise during the reception. And no, we're not talking about Lovers Blind. Instead, <laughs> the guests were shocked to discover that the catering at the wedding um, reception came courtesy of McDonald's. What? Okay, yeah. in France of all places. Wait, yeah. is there a different... Does McDonald's mean something different in France? No. Like great really cheeses doesn't. and caviar? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Okay, I got to hear more. <laughs> What's going so, on? Yeah, so they said, um, so there was a video um, that went viral on TikTok and it said in this video, uh, we see a man, we see a man carrying bags of McDonald's to a table. As it becomes clear, he's serving up lots of McDonald's. The stunned wedding guests started <gasps> to cheer and clap. Oh, okay. So for everybody who like pays $120, $30 per plate for a wedding guest, they're like, oh. <gasps> You mean yeah. I could have some delivery person come in and just hand out bags of Big Macs? <laughs> yeah, apparently <gasps> so. So oh yeah, so they said we had this big idea and we're big fans of McDonald's and jokingly said when we were younger that we would have McDonald's at our at our wedding. Eventually we decided to go for it and people who know us weren't surprised. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so you have to have so a bit of a baseline personality to pull this off then. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Just raise the question though, right? Like who's to say, well, A, what you should serve at your um, wedding. I think it's entirely yeah. up to you. But like yeah. if you went to a wedding and served at McDonald's and you were kind of disgusted and horrified and like, how could you complain? Like somebody's literally giving you a free meal. I mean, and what are we doing these big cater things for? Really? Yeah, exactly. Big question. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's actually So anybody getting married soon? Consider McDonald's Fast for your food. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm like, because now we're near dinner hour together and I'm like, damn, I'm hungry. That sounds great. Oh, me too. I'm not, I have to say, I'm not a big McDonald's fan, but um, I mean, I would clearly eat it if it was there. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not either, 100%. but I'm like, I could, I could do for a Big Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I can't believe again. I just, I cannot believe I just endorsed McDonald's and that without money. God. <laughs> Ugh, scrub that from the record. <laughs> Terrible. I endorse olive oil. Sorry, we can do all kinds of things on this podcast, Anna. Oh my God, my ethics are <laughs> being breached. Go back and listen to the back episodes. Oh my God, totally <laughs> to find out oh. exactly what we've made Anna do. <laughs> oh, completely. Oh, I tell you. All right, shall we? Uh, shall we do a hot topic now? Yeah. Yes. Let's I do it. I can move you away from McDonald's discussions. <laughs> Today's hot topic. How does spitefulness show up in your relationship? Oh gosh. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh my gosh. All like ridiculous. I'm I'm having flashbacks. Okay, Sarah, start us off. <laughs> so I think, you know, following on, I guess, from kind of some of the stuff we talked about last week on the podcast around you know, we talked about this kind of anxious attachment style and insecurities in relationships. Like a lot of that can stem from kind of needs not being met, feeling unhappy, genuinely feeling like mm. you're kind of not where you want to be in your relationship. The reaction a lot of the time can be spitefulness, right? Mm. Oh, you've got it. I mean, we are very unkind and mean to the people we love the most yeah. because somehow we feel that we deserve it and they can take it. But when we flip that and somebody's spiteful and mean to us, we're like, I can't take it and I don't deserve that. 
something David Schnark, now deceased, sex therapist, uh, he would, he actually called, it was very controversial, I think, he called it uh, normal marital sadism. A lot of the stuff that we don't even think we're being spiteful or mean or cruel, he's like, that is sadism. You know exactly what you're doing. You're, oh, I don't know. I just, no, no, no. When you keep doing that thing or you don't do that thing. So I I think we're more spiteful than we think. We are more cruel than we think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the forms is being passive aggressive. You know, we we can all hold our hands up and say, actually, yeah, I've probably done that. Mm -hmm. Um, Holding my hand up. You know, another area is about kind of withdrawal or kind of holding back on things. You know, and that might come in the form of affection, conversation, um, sex, Sex. Mm. you know, or it can come in kind of all manners of ways. It can come in the fact that actually I'm going to deliberately plan my whole diary so that I haven't got any space to be able to see you. That's a form of spitefulness, right? Because Mm. I'm deliberately withholding my time so that we don't have any time to connect. Oh. Because I know that it's important for you and important for us that we connect. Yeah. So I'm going to choke the oxygen off of the thing. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I think like, you know, the more kind of mean aside when we see kind of spitefulness is where we deliberately want to do something to hurt the other people, the other person. So yeah. I think those kind of like, <clears throat> I think the withdrawing, the withholding, the kind of planning, you know, so much that we're kind of too full to the kind of capacity. They're... I don't think they're kind of like obvious spiteful signs, Mm -hmm. but then we can get some real obvious, you know, moves that we make, which are, you know, I'm deliberately going to try and do something to get my own back because I feel hurt or wronged or, you know, like, actually, I feel like you deserve it because you've done something that I, I'm in, you know, imagining that you've done something to me, you know, you may, may or may not have done, as we talked about last week, you know, my interpretation mm. of things might not always be on the money. Um, but in this moment, I'm interpreting that you've done something really terrible to me and I'm going to get my own back. Mm, you've got it. I think though, I actually, the unconscious spitefulness is where we probably need more attention. It sounds crazy because mm. when I hear things and I've said them, Oh, um, that was not my intention. I can't change that thing. That's just me being me. When we don't realize we're being spiteful, then it means we have Mm. no control. So what it means is I can't show up any differently and therefore we're we're at an impasse. If I absolutely, is it true that I cannot speak your love language to save my life? Like you've told me repeatedly you like physical touch and yet I Mm. give you words of affirmation because that's my love language. Um, I repeatedly starve you of physical touch. And I'm like, oh, I just don't know. I just can't. Oh, I keep forgetting, whatever. No, you don't keep Mm. forgetting. I mean, that's not unintentional. Or like I keep being late. It really gets under somebody's skin. If we say we can't do any different, then there's nothing we can do. It's totally out of our control. So honestly, it's a real gift to get onto ourselves to realize you're doing that on purpose. And Mm. maybe it's because you're hurt and you're scared of rejection. So you don't want to get vulnerable. Totally. But yeah. realize it is something you can change. You can become more considerate. Yeah. You really can. Yeah. Yeah. And the lateness thing for me, like that showed up massively in our relationship at the start. Mm. And I cannot abide by it. How did that, because, right? Because, oh, I, oh, it's the dog, it's the traffic, it's the whatever. So mm. how did you call that to be like, no, that is something you can change? What was that like? Just said it straight, like you've got a choice whether you show up on time or not like who's to say that your time is more valuable than my time and did you notice that there was behavior shifting 
Oh yeah, eventually. Yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we're we're eight years in now, and <laughs> wow. And yeah, do you notice that your partner might be late for some people, but is absolutely not late for you? Do you notice? That? Oh well, never never late for golf, Anna. <gasps> oh, interesting. <laughs> and the thing is, you may not pick up that discrepancy, but your partner sure as hell does. Like you're nice to all of the your family and friends, but you're not nice to me. Yeah. Oh no, but whatever. It's like. I got eyes and ears. I can see. Yeah. I can see that you're treating me differently. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he he has fixed his lameness for sure. He's nowhere near in the same kind of leave. Although now we live together. So now, now when we're going out, it's kind of like there's a countdown clock that goes on. Oh, good. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that it actually annoys the fuck out of him. But, <laughs> you know, there's a countdown clock between kind of for the last sort of 20 minutes. It's kind of like, right, oh. it's 20 minutes to go. Oh. 15 minutes to go on so I imagine I'm quite annoying but no but yeah. listen it's important yeah oh so okay I you know I think it's pretty I think it's when you are feeling like your boundary is not being or is not being met it's a way mm. of uh how to communicate but that but let's just say let's just say that somebody says you're being spiteful and you're like I don't see it I think the harder thing is what do you have to say to that person who is being told by their partner that they feel like they're being passive aggressive and spiteful and you're like I don't think I am what's your advice what I would say is describe the situation and describe your interpretation of it and then kind of describe it in a different way so often I find a very for one would nobody likes to be told that they've done something that's not nice Mm. right if you said to somebody do you think you're a spiteful person you're probably going to say no right because nobody's gonna go yeah actually I'm a real mean bugger you know I'm always just <laughs> not gonna do it are you so you know generally we don't want to kind of think bad of ourselves so we will dress things up in such a way that we can almost kind of like excuse the behavior and dress it up in a certain way that everything mm. everything that we're doing just becomes acceptable mm. so the easiest way I think is to position something so that it can't then be kind of you get that instant defense mechanism that mm. comes back mm-hmm. so if I say to you look I think you were really spiteful yesterday mm-hmm. then you're probably going to say well no I wasn't how do, how yeah. do you make that out like what like what what makes you think that I'm being spiteful and you can probably explain away your behavior quite easily yes no matter what the situation we're all massively massively capable of that totally so you have to set up the conversation in such a way that is you know look I noticed that this kind of happened yesterday it felt a little bit kind of you know on the on the edge of me if I'm honest Mm. and you know that might just be my interpretation of it I'm wondering what was going on for you were you kind of you know did you have some feelings going on did I do something that maybe upset you before that and that's why kind of you know you may have reacted in a slightly different way because I'm giving you permission then to say actually yeah you were right sod yesterday and this is what you did this is how it made me feel and then I retaliated in this way I I love it because the the benign question of what were you feeling because I'm like oh shit you're on to me because I can be like oh I didn't have time I whatever whatever yeah but if you ask me that I'm like yeah I was pissed off because you know that I don't like it when you do this and you did that now 
I can explain a way that I did not act on that impulse. But if you ask me, what were you feeling? I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah, I was feeling that thing. Yeah. And I guess it did come out in my behavior because I thought I was trying to hide it. Yeah. I don't do that well. Yeah. Well, none of us do. None of us do. Just mm-hmm. because we think that um, kind of our partner doesn't see something, feel something, hear something, um, just get a general sense about something because they don't say it doesn't actually mean that they're not thinking or feeling or sensing something. It's mm. just they haven't shared that back with you. Yeah. Like we think we get away with behavior that's bad. We don't. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. This is all true. This is all true. Oh man. There's two choices in life. You either full on express your displeasement, like in a way that is like, look, uh, I was really hurt by what you said there. Or you decide to not make it a big deal and emotionally regulate and soothe the crap out of yourself to be like, you got two choices, but you can't let it leak around the sides to be like, well, I'm not going to say something outright, but I'm not also going to be like, Anna, that thing happened and you're going to suck it up and you are going to, and it's a choice. I mean, I'm not saying whether it's a good or a bad choice. We all have choices, but like, is that the hill you want to die on? Cause if so, Mm -hmm. bring it out and be like, that was shitty. It made me feel awful. Etc. Yeah. I think the other thing I'd say, the like, kind of last point, I guess, before we move on to the, to the question is when you're about to do something that you know is probably a little bit on the kind of meaner side of life, consider how would I feel if my partner did this to me? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking of an instance right now. I'm like, <laughs> ooh, shitty. Super shitty. Because it just, you then get to a position where you call yourself out on your own bad behavior. You don't need somebody else to do it. And it almost acts as a bit of a kind of, I guess, a regulation mechanism that says, actually, I'm going to regulate my own behavior by Mm -hmm. not being a dick. And, you know, I'm going to stop myself from doing something that's just downright not so nice. Mm -hmm. Gosh. Oh, we could do this topic reprised again and again <laughs> everyone sat, sat there thinking about the last thing that they did that was probably a little bit I mean I'm me. like ah. I, I will say that I'm doing a lot better in this current but it's still early days right mm. like there's been some challenges and triggers and trials but like you know it's a marathon hopefully another half a century I don't know how long we'll live but like so I'm gonna have to yeah yeah turning the tables around and then you remember god I love this person yeah. I don't want to make them feel so terrible. But that's the thing though, right? Like, yeah. you just, you got to come back to that. You know, you're on the same team, you love each other. Um, you're here for a reason. So, yeah. Don't be mean. Don't be mean. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. I won't. We, we'll save you from yourself. Would you like a question instead? Yes, let's go. Okay. My partner and I seem to disagree on everything lately. How can we work through conflicts and disagreements in a healthy way and prevent them from causing bigger problems further down the road? Mm. I hope this is sort of like, I'm just going to sort of say where I'm, where I'm headed. The thing like here, and I'm curious to see the way the question and what we always think about is that like, it's all about the thing, the laundry, Mm. the childcare, the cooking, the bill paying, the you talk to your friends too much. But it's not about the thing. 
it's when you start picking fights with each other, it's like, why are we picking fights with each other? Well, I'm picking fights because I want attention. Ah. And I want and attention the because there's yes. something that's not present in the relationship that I want. Or I'm not happy. Yeah. But that's a controversial point. It might have nothing to do with a relationship, but if you find yourself picking fights, same as you're in a job and you're nothing is wrong, nothing is whatever, but you find yourself picking fights and now you've got a manager problem and now you've got like a compensation problem. But really probably what had happened was it's probably time for a new job because you had reached the end of your challenges and it was time for something new. Not that we necessarily do that with relationship, but honestly, actually mm. in a long-term relationship, sometimes we're just bored and restless, Yeah. but we want to turn something into something bad. So it's something to like when really what we're looking for is we need change, not necessarily a new partner, but we need yeah. some sort of change. Do you not think sometimes as well, like if maybe I feel like I've got an issue, but it doesn't feel like a massive issue. Therefore, I don't really feel kind of justified in bringing it up. So if I create all these other bigger issues, then it means mm. that we'll have to talk about the relationship. Ah, I like it. Yes. So yes. It's all the time. like, yes. you know. Yeah. I don't know, I suppose like little toddler having a little kind of, you know, having a major meltdown about something. About because of something string cheese. Tiny, yeah. I always remember my uh, daughter, God. <laughs> <laughs> Who's now an extremely functional adult she in a prestigious beautiful. university. It's amazing. She yeah. is, yes. Um, but we had this situation one morning on the way to nursery. And for any parents out there, I'm sure you'll sympathize <laughs> with the oh. morning routine and the stress of having to get yourself to work get a child to nursery everybody be fully dressed and fed and mm. clean and all of those things and trying to do it in a calm way where everyone feels happy oh, it's oh god quite a challenge oh so this one morning i kind of thought we we're doing okay get in the car and um she was having a banana on the way to nursery and the banana broke in half <laughs> you would think it was the end of the world oh what happened so <laughs> so we managed to have a little small reprieve because i put the rest of the skin back up the banana so she could still oh, hold it oh and we oh. got by we got by we survived it oh my gosh but yeah oh, oh. so yes yeah, so, you know sometimes we can have these kind of major major catastrophes that happen we have this major you know outpour of um, emotion and um, you know just distressed behavior and it might be that there's just kind of a small thing that's happening but we've had to make it into something bigger to get the kind of required attention yeah oh. which is ludicrous when you think about it well I mean we are still kindergartners like all of us <laughs> I, I gotta understand that our impulses like our meltdowns in the supermarket aisle are much the same yeah we just Except it sounds more people's more <laughs> Yes, gosh, yeah. So that is true. The meltdowns are real. So, okay, so if you were to sort of think about this and, and you were to sort of ask somebody and coach somebody, like what, what would you ask them to start to get behind the thing? So I'd want to understand kind of, you know, it talks about kind of, you know, we're having lots of arguments. The first thing I'd want to understand is, how true is it that because often we can say like we're having loads of arguments it's getting worse all right mm. how do we ha, you know how do we check that that is kind of you know valid information for a start how often are you arguing 
how mm. you know what is being the kind of increase of frequency how mm. do you know that it's increased have you been kind of you know collecting any information because we don't do that right <laughs> That's um true. the i used to always say kind of um you could tell how happy i was in my life between the spaces in between my journal Oh, so I have yes. to say I've quite had the habit of journaling full stop recently but um oh. you know I would only write in it when I was really kind of pissed off or angry or upset or sad mm. so if there was kind of long spaces of time then it meant that actually my life was probably going pretty well mm. but you know we need something to kind of help us get some perspective and some understanding I'd really like look back on some of the kind of last couple of arguments that have happened mm. why is it that they came up and you know what were some of the things that were happening before that because mm. it's all about what's leading up to a situation it's often not about the situation itself oh yeah I, th I think the other thing I'd work on with this person is intercepting the arguments mm, and I think this okay. is something that we aren't that great at but it's one of the kind of real skills in a relationship if you can start to master it because we're only ever going to say horrible things to each other during an argument. Yes. You know, we don't yeah. say like, oh, we're arguing, we're kind of screaming blue murder at each other. Mm -hmm. But by the way, I love you. <laughs> no, gosh. You know, we rarely kind of say that. Um, mm -hmm. And I think to stop things from escalating and to allow you a bit of time to just come back down to earth, take breath and come at things in a much more rational manner, the trick is, how do I intercept the argument before we go from zero to 100? Ah, yeah. And actually for that, I've worked with couples in terms of coming up with safe words. And this sounds, mm. you know, it's with variable success. Uh, but what's really, really important is there's different processing speeds. Some people mm. need to go away and think because they'll yeah. say, look, I'm angry right now. If I let this loose without filtering, yeah. I'll really say something hurtful. Yeah. The other person doesn't want to let the issue rest and wants to kind of keep, you know, yeah. biting until yeah. they get their answer. It's very important to say, look, uh, let this be like a lampshade moment. The lampshade moment means this is getting too hot. Can we reconvene tomorrow and be a real tomorrow? Not just like kicking the yeah, can yeah. and yeah, 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 absolutely. Have to real, come back and visit. Yeah. Yes. I, I think the other thing that can be quite helpful is to say this never works out for us. Yeah. When we do the thing that we're doing now, it never works out well for us. Can mm -hmm. we just kind of take a break? Yeah. And that's actually... that's that realisation yeah. that actually I'm recognising this doesn't ever work for us. We're never, you know, we never come out the other side of it in a, in a good position in the short yeah. term. Oh, that's brilliant because rational people would have to have some sort of insight to themselves to be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. totally true. I, yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, to the, per, you know, I would like to though, you know, sort of in a deeper level is like to kind of connect to somebody to their sense of restlessness. That's kind of mm. that restlessness and agitation. Like what is that thing that gets you in the ring and you're just, you know, and it may be hard to sort of pinpoint this, but like, what's that thing that kind of comes into your mind or your intuition when you're kind of, no, you've got two choices. You can either make a big deal out of this loading the dishwasher or you can let it fly or maybe be like, hey, you know that thing? Could you just not do that? Yeah. There's a sentiment of this is so unfair or he knows that this bugs me or mm. I don't feel understood. I don't feel loved. Sometimes you can kind of drill down to like a big feeling statement that is underneath this, which gets to the relationship. Like you mentioned, like, 
if you don't fundamentally feel loved or respected mm. or held, like there's probably a grand sweeping statement. Like my, emo- my partner is not emotionally there for me. Yeah. It's like, whoa, shit. Okay. No wonder you're picking fights. Yeah. Yeah. Cause absolutely. if that's how you feel, that's a horrible way to feel, mm. but you're not giving your partner any opportunity to get to that, which is the source. Cause you keep talking about the pickup times for school. I think this is one of the hardest areas for couples to really kind of get to grips with. And what I would say is it takes a bit of time, it takes a bit of practice. So I would say don't give up because mm. I think all too often we kind of go, this just isn't working, like we're arguing, like cats and dogs, we, um, it's just really unpleasant. Like, And I'm not saying we're talking about kind of conventional regular relationships here we're not talking about dangerous situations so mm-hmm. you know the average relationship we're talking about and the kind of you know the conflict that comes up and arises so mm. what I would say is um you know just try a few things like try and change things mm. try and do kind of some interception try and do some exploratory kind of reflection on some of the stuff that's come up and, and is happening and maybe think about what's the actual root cause of this but just focus on a few things and try and make some small steps mm. and try to look for some good in your partner as well. Like yeah. um, when we really hate them and we're arguing, you know, like it's really hard to think of the nice good things, you know. I know. I think we should often when we are in a good space, remember, goes back to that kind of journal and think, right, like mm. we should remember to write down some good stuff as well. <laughs> Yes. Yes. You know, because then when yes. you, you know, when you hate them and you can't, don't even want to lie next to them, then oh. in those moments, it's nice to have something to read back to go, oh, actually, that was pretty sweet yeah. when you said that or did that yeah. or do like them, really. Oh, yes. That sort of feeling should not be reserved for the initial lust driven yeah. parts of relationship. We should be able to access this throughout. Yes. Oh, thanks, Sarah. So we made it through. We made it through. How's your night looking? As we have been recording, these the nighttime has been slowly. I can see that <laughs> dusk has happened. I am literally like glowing up. Are you on in the, the dark? Yeah, I, know, I am pretty I know. much in the dark. Yeah, totally. So it's kind of like well, we're nearly through. It's fine. It's getting up to put the light on. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Yeah, I am sitting looking here. very romantic, though. I have to say, I'm sitting here in the dark. I look like I'm oh. kind of lit up by a candle, but I'm not. I'm just lit up yes. by the screen. Well, we always said we wanted to do a nighttime vibe. I know. So that's exactly what we're doing. It's getting that way. Yes. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, off for dinner time for me. Me too. Going to go and hop off and have something with olive oil. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh. cannot get sick of it. Cannot. It's not going to get boring for you, is it? (laughs) No, my God. I could do every day. I'm a Greek. I'm an old Greek man. I could do coffee, Greek coffee in the morning and olive oil with sausages in the day, in the night. Oh, every night. Sounds like a good combo. Indeed. All All right. right. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.